Just like you would expect, the fire hose is fully inserted in my mouth here, and uh, we've been blowing and going, and so... Ken Lavica. Get a run-in, make an early cocktail, cut a gummy in half. Theo Dorsey. Very excited to have the opportunity to add him to the team. Stone Labanowitz. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios. It doesn't matter what your name is! It's Lavica, Theo, and Stone on ESPN 106.3. It is Lavica, Theo, and Stone from Cognizant Classic in the Palm Beaches. Media Day, you hear the open. Lavica, Theo, and Stone. There's only one man left standing. That's Stone Labanowitz. I'm Brian McLovin-Rowitz. Hopefully not here for two hours, but I am here. We're here at beautiful PGA National as we are getting set for Media Day. The Cognizant Classic in the Palm Beaches, February 29th to March 3rd. Stone, where the heck is the rest of your show? This is typical. <laughs> Man. This is how it goes. Show starts at noon, right? Show starts at noon. Okay. I think sometimes they forget that. Okay. Obviously, Theo Dorsey, we had a send-off for him mm. yesterday, getting married on Friday. Won't even be in town. Won't even be in the state. <laughs> but Ken, should we keep it a mystery? Or should we explain to the fine folk why yeah, Let's Ken's get him on. Here? Let's figure out where Ken is. It's media day. We're out here. There's a beautiful <laughs> media spread. That's really one of the best reasons to come out to PJ You're National. you damn right. Is the food. So that's happening. We're going to talk to him. We got Dom Zeno in the house. She's, she's a star. Maybe she'll host this show. But, like, this is why we're here. We're here for media day. We'll talk to Joey Chitwood, executive director of the Cognizant Classic in the Palm Beaches. We'll talk to all the people that make this tournament happen. Ricky Fowler, Rory McIlroy, they're already in. A bunch of past champions as well. Keith Mitchell, Patty Harrington, Russell Henley, the defending champ, Chris Kirk. It's a place to be. We're just a few weeks away from Cognizant Classic time. The fact that Rory and Ricky are, yep. are both participating, I, I don't think people understand how massive that actually is. The 2012 winner in Rory yep. in the 2017 and Ricky Fowler, like, like I just said, I don't think people quite understand what it's going to do to the gallery, and the numbers are going to not double, not triple, but probably quadruple in size uh, as far as the people that will be here walking around, checking it out all four days. I'm excited, but the fact that Rory and Ricky are here, it's an understatement about how massive that is. And it's so cool to see Ricky on the course because he is such a hit amongst the kids. Yeah. Like, he's like a star to these guys. I don't know if it's the bright colors or what it is, but kids love Ricky Fowler out on the course. When you see him, you are able to find like, oh, that's where all the kids are. So that's pretty cool to see. So Ken Levicka, he hosts his show daily. His name's on the show. We're at PGA National. They're supposed to be here at PGA National. I don't <laughs> host this show. Ken is on the phone. Uh, Ken, where are you? Uh, happy Super Bowl week, guys. Oh, that's great. Uh, I am, uh, I'm getting off the turnpike at PGA Boulevard now, so I'll see you in a little bit. But I have, my hands are completely black. Uh, my clothes are dirty. I, uh, I got a flat tire. Uh, so I pulled over to a random parking lot in Boynton and spent about 25 minutes battling, uh, lug nut loosening. Uh, before I finally was able to uh, muster enough strength to uh, get my tire off. And now I'm traversing Palm Beach County on a spare tire. Uh, so it's going real well for me right now. It should, I should, with my disgusting smell and my dirty body, fit in just great at PGA National. Yeah, they're all suit jackets. There's ties. Like, this is a pretty nice place, and you're definitely going to roll up here with God knows uh, what on your shoes. God uh, knows what you're smelling like. You're going to be yeah. wonderful. Everyone's really going to be happy to see well, you, Ken. I, I mean, I've got, I've got nice shoes on. I've destroyed the under part of those from standing, <laughs> uh, it, trying to loosen the, uh, the lug nuts, just standing on the wrench and bouncing over and over and over again. And so uh, I'm in a great mood. I'm really, really oh, pumped great. about today. <laughs> Everything's going splendid. So, uh, hey, uh, again, happy Super Bowl week, guys. 
so excited for you to get here, Ken. Can't wait. As far as you stinking, though, and being sweaty, I mean, that's just a normal day. It's just a Tuesday for us here. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I like to at least be presentable. Here's the thing. Every day I pretty much dress in the same thing, FAU sweats. Like, uh, Adidas sweats. Like, that's all I do. So, Today, not only do I have this today, but then also this evening, I'm emceeing an event featuring uh, a bunch of pro football Hall of Famers at Boca Resort. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm sure that uh, my stench is going to hold up well all day long. Uh, and, I, the, I mean, here's the thing. Me driving around Palm Beach County, I, I mean, I'm going from the north end of the county now to eventually all the way to the south end of the county on this donut, on this spare tire. So there's about maybe a 52% chance of me actually making it to Boca Reserve before the wheel falls off, rolls down 95, and I go careening into a wall. So we'll see how today goes. I don't want to bore people with your car stories or whatnot, but I am curious. It seems like it took you – a little longer than average to change <laughs> the tire long. if you, if you had to no. put a time on it how long uh it ended up taking me about 40 minutes and that's because oh. i could not get the lug nuts loose and, and so uh the uh the kia k5 gt that i that i drive it also has a lock on the uh, tire as well so people as don't they steal do. it <laughs> and so that took me a little bit to uh maneuver around but again the lug nuts were just on there so super tight, and I, you know, I'm not the heaviest person. So me trying to torque, uh, and it's not like I've got a NASCAR pit crew that's helping me with the uh, the air drill, right? So I'm uh, I'm trying to navigate this, and I I, I elicited the services of AAA, and uh, it was going to take them. They weren't going to get there until about 12:10. So I'm like, bleep that. So finally, I just started banging on the lug nuts with the wrench, just banging, 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 trying to loosen them. And I finally, I started to make headway. Uh, and then once I started making some headway, just like a, 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 a big game, football, basketball, momentum started to kick in. I started to believe. I started to get into it. I started to feel it. I got in the lug nut zone. And then that's when everything, because I take great pride. We've talked about it on the show in not having to elicit the, elicit the services of an outside party to, uh, to, to handle tire needs. And so while I'm frustrated, I'm late and I'm dirty and I stink and it was miserable. Uh, the fact of the matter is there is a part of my manhood that remains intact on this Tuesday. And I feel good about that. Yeah, you definitely scored some man points. I mean, I've never changed a tire in my life. I once got a flat coming home from Tallahassee, and we ended up walking off the highway because our phones were dead for some reason, and, like, used one of, like, the call boxes on the highway to get someone to where, like, when the trooper came up, he's like, you know, sometimes the bobcats will get you before we get to you. So I live to tell that, but congrats to you. The I do bobcats? Yeah, there was a uh, warning Like the that. actual animal, not like a piece of construction equipment, but, like, the Correct. bobcats. Yes. What I do envision listeners of the show driving by and seeing him on the side of the road dropping god knows how many f-bombs uh, as he tries to sweat through this i'm not even worried about the oh, listeners yeah. in, i'm not even worried about the listeners of the show i'm worried about our next guest and joey yeah. chitwood who's a literal daredevil and we have two, <laughs> two two or three of the four members of the show right now have not changed a tire or don't know how to change a tire it's, it's it, to be honest it's embarrassing that, it's embarrassing don't, i'm don't not one of them though joey. I, joey that's not me I, I am the one of four <laughs> So, well, so let Joey, me run this by with... you, though, Stone. Now, now, now oh, it's yeah. not. I mean, I just changed a tire, so I'm I'm involved in this. Okay, uh, two of the four. In this. 
Yeah, thank you. Like, let's not sell me short. I literally just did it. But Joey Chitwood, who's the interim executive director of the Cognizant Classic in the Palm Beaches, when you say he's a literal daredevil, like, you're not just making a joke. Like, he no. has worked as a daredevil in a previous life, and now he's running the PGA uh, Tour event here in Palm Beach County. What if? What if the literal daredevil, and we'll ask him, what if he actually doesn't know how to change a tire? What do we do then? Well, he's he also can been hear you. Yeah, he so, can hear you. So. He's also been president of Daytona, so I guess we'll ask you, Joey, have you changed a tire yeah, before? Yeah. So I'll take that to another level. Okay. Imagine you're driving a car carrier. You've got your truck driver's license. You're in a semi, and you blow a tire on Uh-oh. the interstate. I've had the joy of doing that. So changing a regular tire, a regular passenger car, not a problem. You want to step up to the big boy world, try a uh, semi and changing one of those tires. And let's just say that being a stuntman uh-huh. was not as glamorous as it's portrayed to be. We were actually a traveling stunt show. We would perform five months a year. We'd go to every fairgrounds, every speedway you can think of. I've slept in more truck stops and rest areas across this country. But that was the family business from 1943 to 1998. And yeah, there's those cool photos of me standing on the side of a car, driving on two wheels. But what it took to be an over-the-road show doing four or five performances a week, uh, let's just say that um, the route, I could almost, I know exactly <laughs> what time of year and where I was supposed to be, and likely there was a good truck stop along the way, and that's where we'd stop at midnight and wake up in the morning and drive two more hours to get to the next spot. So uh, I will say this, I learned a different side of the business back then, and I think yeah. that prepared me really well going to school and, and having gone from kind of a... I almost say, you know, how you generate cash, how you pay bills, how you get over the road. And by the way, you know, I have to throw in not not it's the, you know, I walk to school in snow 10 miles uphill, but, no, do it. you know, five months on the road and I had the big old atlas. We would actually use an index card and write yeah. down the route and hand it to the other seven vehicles that would go over the road. We did not have iPhones. You did uh-huh. not have GPS. So it was a different environment when you think about, hey, let me just plug in the address in my maps and get there. So it was definitely a different way of life. And, and it was one where get it done. Right. There, there really was. You couldn't use your, your iPhone to solve your problem for you. And I think those opportunities allowed me to, to get into the motorsports management side with a different perspective and enjoyed that. In fact, I can tell you, I remember having an interview with Bill France Jr. Bill France Jr., CEO of NASCAR at the time. His dad founded NASCAR and very, um, let's just say he had a way about him. Okay. And I'm having a conversation about ultimately going to Chicago to build Chicagoland Speedway. And Bill Jr. knew my dad, knew my grandfather. But when I sat down with him, he didn't give me an inch. He was hitting me hard with all the right questions. And then he finally started asking me about the stunt show. And like, well, how'd that work? How much would you guys get paid? What did you do? And I said, well, Bill, we started transitioning to flat fees from the fairgrounds or the speedways versus a percentage. Meaning, you know, you sell X amount of tickets, I get a percentage of the revenue versus, hey, just pay me a flat fee to do it, $7,500. Well, why'd you do that? I said, well, we started worrying about the promoter not giving us a true count. And we don't have extra staff to sit there in the ticket office and count every ticket sold. And then I said, by the way, Bill, here's how you knew if they were short counting you, is you have a row of ticket sellers, and if they have a stack of coins in front of them, but really it's a cash business, you're doing dollar bills, you're not doing coins. But if there's a stack of five coins and maybe three of the coins are off center versus the other two, that means they put three tickets in their pocket. That means they're short counting you by three tickets. And Bill Jr. looked at me and it was like the moment of, 
all right, you get it. Wow. And that was it. The interview was over. But I brought something to the table that was a little different than, than um, maybe some others who maybe had a more normal childhood. And that's okay. <laughs> uh, but, you know, having been a traveling stuntman, seeing the business that way, I felt really comfortable getting into the racetrack world, whether it's running them, building them, or even, you know, the golf course world. It's all about live events. It's managing the customer putting a, a, a stage out there for a show and some of the greatest athletes out there to perform in front of a passionate fan base. Well, hardcore well, analysis here. Here's my takeaway. Here, let me, let me give you my takeaway real quick <laughs> on what Joey Chitwood just said. One, uh, I now look like the softest human being alive uh, <laughs> for taking 40 minutes to loosen lug nuts and change my tire to get to PGA National, then coming on the air and complaining about it as Joey details how with a car-carrying semi-truck, he on the side of the interstate had to handle that tire uh, change. And if you think that you are going to sneak into PGA National for the Cognizant Classic in the Palm Beaches and pull the pass wool over Joey Chitwood's eyes, you are very, very, very mistaken. And so on that note, I'm going to hang up, Joey. I'm going to walk into PGA National, <laughs> wash my hand, shake your hand, and then we'll talk to you at 12.15, okay? It sounds like a plan. <laughs> So, Joey, right. for you, NASCAR and golf, a little bit different speed. So what was that transition like for you? Yeah. It was interesting. I think golf and racing are, are more similar than the other sports. Okay. When you think about the schedule, there's no home team, sure. right? So it goes across the country, different venues, different locations. Your athlete is, in essence, an independent contractor. They're on they're on their own. It's them against the field. So it's not one team versus another team. And then when you look at a golfer and you look at a NASCAR driver or a rather racer, they've got a lot of sponsors on their shirts. Right. So in essence, you're doing the same thing. You're creating a venue. You're selling corporate hospitality. You're selling a general admission ticket. The one thing I do like about golf is we're not having to camp anyone on property <laughs> or become 24-7. I can remember running Daytona. We would open up the property two weeks before the Daytona 500. So you had campers inside the racetrack for two full weeks. Wow. So you became a 24-7 city right. and managing over-beveraged guests who wanted to climb the fence to get into the driver-owner lot to get Jeff Gordon's signature, right? At least I don't have to deal with that on the golf side. But, you know, I found them to be pretty similar. It's just those two sports versus, you know, Miami Dolphins versus you know, or the Marlins versus. So it's just a different concept or, or the heat. So uh, I felt very comfortable with it. A lot of those basic tenets are the same. For me, probably the biggest thing that helped or worked for me from a transition perspective is until this point, I've only ever worked for family businesses. My own family business, the two big families in motorsports, the Holman George family who owned Indianapolis, the France family who owned NASCAR, the Arnold Palmer family in terms of API. And so you start to understand a little bit about the, the, the cadence of working inside a family. And they look at things a little differently. It's an iconic brand. Indy, the biggest um, uh, uh, brand in the IndyCar world. You've got Daytona, the biggest NASCAR brand. Arnold Palmer, goodness, I mean, we know. <laughs> and so now here I am getting to be involved with an event that's associated with Jack Nicklaus or ultimately President's Cup, right? And so you've got to preserve, you've got to protect, you've got to perpetuate. Not sure which day you have to do one of those, maybe all three, but there's a cadence to how to help a family maybe keep moving in a positive direction, but understand sometimes it's not about dollars and cents. Sure. It's what they think, um, the, the fan, the customer, whoever might look at this iconic brand that's on the wall, knowing that it took a lifetime to build 
and in one moment you can lose it. And so there's a pressure on a family that's a little bit different when you're carrying on for the patriarch. And, and I appreciated that. I understood that. My grandfather created our stunt show. So here I am, age 5 to age 24, I knew how important that was. I had to live up to what he built for us and my dad as well. So I think those are the things that I understand. I'm not a family whisperer. I can't <laughs> decipher it all, but I can empathize. I'd lived it. And I think that more than anything, going from racing to the Arnold Palmer folks and now this opportunity, I understand what it's like when you have a special event and how you need to be a caretaker for it. Sure. And I'm a caretaker. I'm a three-month caretaker. I'll hand it off to the next person, hopefully in as good a shape as I got it, but that's the goal. Always give it to the next person ready to go. A lot of trust in you. Uh, there was a quote dropped in the Palm Beach Post article recently, parachute in and spend three months down here. Is that kind of how you see it? When the assignment was slapped in front of you, you're like, hell yeah, let's do it. Let's get down there. And how's the experience been in West Palm so far? I know you spend a lot of time in Fort Myers out west. Yeah, so it's been great. Look, I, I, I relish the opportunity to make a difference. And so if you're given these moments in time, why don't you take them, right? I appreciate the confidence the tour has in me. I've got some, some decent experiences that might make sense. Um, I'll be honest with you, I haven't had a chance to enjoy it much. I literally wake up and I'm in a place at Midtown on PJ Boulevard. If I go left, I go to the corporate office. If I go right, I go to the golf course. Oh. That's about it. Okay. I mean, and there's a pretty good fresh market and uh. there's a Chipotle. And I mean, <laughs> it's literally just grinding, but that's okay. You're trying to provide uh, direction to the local team here. Also, you've got the PGA Tour now in terms of the event, in terms of operating it. So you've got to kind of mesh those two together. And by the way, three months is not a lot of time. And throw Christmas and New Year's in there, you kind of lose those two yeah. weeks. So we are been, we've been very busy, but to add a cognizant, to make some other changes, um, changing the 10th hole from a par four to a par five. That's a huge element for the players out there. Creating some more experiences for players to participate. Excited that we've got Ricky and Rory joining the field. We've got a field of eight former champions, which yep. is pretty cool, and I'm really proud of that. I think it's gonna it's gonna be a great field for all of the fans that want some more players participating. And, and we can't forget Eric Cole, you know, sure. Jupiter resident, rookie of the year for the PGA Tour, uh, and took it to Chris Kirk in the playoffs last year. So again, I feel really confident that this team will set a great stage and we will see athletes compete at the highest level and they will create a story. I don't know what the story is. I hope it's as good as last year with a playoff <laughs> yeah. win, um, but I know that we're prepared to do that. Levica Theon Stone broadcasting live from the Cognizant Classic in the Palm Beaches media today. Joey Chitwood, executive director, joining us. You talk about the transition moving over to Cognizant. What have you heard about what this event means to the community? Because we know we're here. It's a staple of the community. What have yeah. you heard about it? It's a great question. So day two, I'm in the Chamber of Commerce breakfast, right? It's 7.30 a.m. And I actually was going to speak that day. So, you know, I'm going in cold. I know a little <laughs> bit, right? But I could already tell the energy from the community behind the event. And it, it really rivaled for me what I felt like at Indianapolis. Okay. And I always use the term in Indianapolis. Yes, the Holman George family owned the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. But it felt like the fans owned the Indy 500. It's been around for 100 years because those fans embraced it. It becomes a part of who they are, and they cherished it. So you have a big responsibility at that point to make sure you live up to those expectations. So I'm in this room, and I could already feel the pride over this event. This is the biggest event. It's the premier event in this community, and people own it. And that's what you enjoy. That's what you celebrate. And for us, that's half the battle getting a community to truly buy in and own it and be proud of it. So for me, it's maintaining, but now how do we take some opportunities to advance? Sure. Um, I'm a big fan of, are you renovating? Or are you innovating? 
Pick one. Okay, it doesn't matter how great you are, how, how awesome it is, it's been the best. You gotta go another step up. Every year, we've gotta figure out another way to get better. I'm a big fan of um, Vince Lombardi. Right? Okay. So, you know, uh, winning Green Bay Packer coach, and of course the trophy, and maybe appropriate with the Super Bowl coming up. He, uh, I love this, this line. He always said, uh, he in training camp, start the season. Gentlemen, we will strive for perfection. Although unattainable, we will catch excellence along the way. So the goal is to run a perfect event. Will we? No, we will not. But if that's the goal, and we come pretty darn close, we can be proud of that effort and what it means, which will live up to the expectations this community has because they're out there telling everybody, you gotta come to this event. This is our premier event. This is a second to none, the bear trap, you name it, you gotta come here. And so we need to live up to that. So we both have what I'll call aligned expectations of what this event means. So sort of along those lines, you mentioned his name earlier, what's the pride factor like with Jack? The goat that he is saying, oh, yeah, this is the tournament I support. What's that pride factor yeah. like? So, you know, for me, I, I've, I've enjoyed the chance to be around special people like that. And, um, <laughs> you know, what they've done to create, whether it's their own success or the success that the entity has enjoyed. So when you look at PGA Tour, you look at Jack Nicklaus and Arnold Palmer. So here in my career, I've had a chance to be associated with both of those individuals. Yeah, it doesn't get any better than that. Nope. I'm over on the racing side. The Indy 500, the largest single-day sporting event in the world over 100 years. Daytona 500, the biggest event in the NASCAR world, got to lead a big $400 million renovation of that property. You know, if you're going to be in the sports world and somebody offers you <laughs> those things, you don't think twice. You grab them, you grab that ring, you run with it, and you, you just kill it. I mean, you don't sleep, you hustle, you make it happen because you never know when you're going to get that opportunity again. And uh, if you were to offer that opportunity to anybody in sports out there, man, there'd be a line. Yeah. Everybody would just sign me up. I'll take that. So uh, for me, I, I think I bring that appreciation, but that energy, um, because you want to be part of things that are special. And um, the Lord knows uh, driving a semi car carrier <laughs> is not what I call special. You did what you had to. So to be a chance to be part of an event like the Cognizant Classic in the Palm Beaches, even for three months, let's parachute in and, and get it going. And then once we're done, I'll assist and help as the transition occurs. And I'll get refocused on President's Cup 2026 and, and what will likely be the largest President's Cup wow. that the, the tour has ever run, which is candidly what got me excited about jumping into that event as well. Big, bold, let's go. I'm in. In describing the now Cognizant Classic, you use words like energy, pride, the premier event. Are all of those things a part of the pitch to bring guys past champions back and, and Rory and Ricky? Yeah, I think that's part of it. There's, there's so many different things that tour players have to do when they set their schedule. Yeah. One is just the overall uh, lineup of events. So having an event between us and California was a huge deal because coming back from the West Coast Swing, in which they've likely played two or three weeks in a row, very difficult to fly back here and then be able to compete at the level that they expect to compete at. So having Mexico in between us worked. I think the other element, we're going to be doing some things internally as it relates to player experiences and opportunities to make sure that we're living up to their expectations. Um, also, look, as challenging as we want the course to be, we also want to make sure there's opportunities for them to score. So taking the time to change a par four to a par five, sure. and by the way, that 10th hole par four was 
just, I mean, brutal. I mean, I mean, the bear trap's tough enough. Now we're giving them that, that to a par five, give them a little bit of an opportunity to score in advance of the bear trap. So I think it's a balance of all of those things. Um, I, I don't think it's as easy as saying, hey, this is the best event there, because there's so many great events on the PGA Tour. I mean, like, we could argue all day long. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've been to the Waste Management event. I, I have a special affinity for Arnold Palmer. Uh, I can tell you the Players' Championship is pretty darn cool with the Island Green. I think this rivals those, but it's always going to be tough in a player's mind to debate and go, why is this event better than others? Yeah, there's a hometown element to it, right? We always get that, but I mean, there's so many quality events out there. Then throw the majors in. I mean, it's a little bit different. Again, this is the uniqueness of golf versus um, a hometown team in which in your division, you might play someone who doesn't have a winning record, right? right? Sure. Versus, oh, this is the game in which we've got, you know, the other contender for the division title, which creates a little more energy versus maybe the preseason game or things like that. So a little bit more into it than trying to figure out if it's just we're the best event on the show. Wrapping things up here, Joey Chitwood, Executive Director of the Cognizant Classic in the Palm Beaches. We talk about the golf. We talk about the names. There are some fans that come out here and never see a hole of golf. What can those fans expect outside the course this year? Well, I mean, look, it goes without saying the Gosling's Bear Trap is the place to be. If you want to enjoy an event, not saying golf, you right. just want to enjoy an event, the Gosling's Bear Trap is where it's at. But there's other elements. You know, we've got Midas Family Day. We've got Pratt Whitney, Pratt Whitney Miller Appreciation Day. So there's there's... Things that we do to cater to all segments of, if you're a true golfer, get here early and follow the, the grouping that you want. If you're just in the mood for a big event, great weather, and you want to see a spectacle, the bear trap is for you. Yep. You want to bring the family out, kids 15 and under are free. Again, that's the beauty of this kind of event. It doesn't matter what segment of the population you are you will find something to enjoy out here. And it could be just walking around and soaking in the vibe, right? And, and there's an energy to it. And Lord knows on Sunday, those final uh, uh, pairings and they go through the bear trap, there's an energy that you feel as to who's going to win. And that's what we all want. We want to see that achievement as to who's going to pull off that shot that we can't believe they did it or to get into the playoff or to make the putt in the playoff. So uh, I think the beauty of this is, you know, you don't have to be a fan of golf. If you're just a fan of a community event, something that you can have pride in, this is the place to be. February 29th to March 3rd, thecognizantclassic.com. Get your tickets now, Joey. You can go answer some other questions. The media is waiting for you. I appreciate the time. Awesome, guys. I'm going to go change some tires out in the park. All right, there lot. you go. Right. No, Speaking of tire changers, Ken is here. We will take a break. We'll <laughs> hand it back over to the Levicka part of Levicka Theon Stone here on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's LaVica, Theo, and Stone on ESPN 106.3. I'm assuming this is Toby Keith. Keep this thing rolling, Christian. Don't let them kill our vibe. I, I really don't know. I'm assuming this is Toby Keith. This is Toby Keith. Should have been a cowboy. Uh, Toby Keith passed away at age 62. He'd been battling stomach cancer for a number of years. The country legend... Uh, do you want to eulogize no, him? You, no. you texted me this morning about him. Do you want to eulogize Toby Keith? R.I.P. one of the goats. I think it's as simple as that. I wanted to come in with some of the bum music today, and I know that you love country music, so wanted to honor old Tobes. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Seacat, are you a Toby Keith fan? I'm wearing my Toby Keith hat right now. Okay. I actually had to talk 
Christian off the ledge. He wanted to run like six or seven Toby Keith songs. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. We'll come in with Should Have Been a Cowboy. That's about all Ken can take. There is no doubt. This is how I'll leave it with Toby Keith. There is no doubt that his legacy musically is one of the true modern day country elites. That's where I'll leave it. (laughs) We can talk about him as a person later. But, but... It doesn't change the fact it is sad anytime a legend dies. Brutal, man. And it is sad that Toby Keith is no longer here at the age of 62 years old. Hey, man, working in radio in Oklahoma. Oh, I'm sure you got this all the time. Dude, like, that is Jesus Christ reincarnated. I was going to say, in Oklahoma, like, that was almost his epicenter. Mm hmm. Oh, yeah, hanging out in Stillwater at Eskimo Joe's. Mm. You kidding me? (laughs) Yeah, you got it full. Full baseball of. Uh, are you kidding me? The Toby <laughs> Keith. Ah, we are. We are at the Cognizant Classic in the Palm Beaches Media Day, PGA National. Boy, is it beautiful out, by the way. It is absolutely wonderful out. Uh, the hospitality is going up. And uh, again, we are 20 days away on the dot from Cognizant Classic in the Palm Beaches week beginning. And then the tournament. Uh, gets underway on that Thursday. Get your tickets, thecognizantclassic.com, thecognizantclassic.com. Again, thecognizantclassic.com. I appreciate everybody hanging in there with me. I apologize for being late. Very sucky of me. Got the tire changed. Big thanks to Joey Chitwood, the interim executive director of the Cognizant Classic in the Palm Beaches, who I'm pretty damn sure would have sat here and done the whole two hours by himself if we asked him to because he's just that good. Some of my favorite human beings, the guys who can just talk, talk, and talk. But everything they're saying you want to listen to. Right, because he's got stories for years. I mean, for years. Yeah, Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Hey, did you know it's Super Bowl week? I guess. It is Super Bowl week. I thought it was just the Grammys week earlier, but I guess there's no, a Super Bowl. Nope, Super game this Bowl weekend. week. Super Bowl week. We already have storylines beginning to develop. The San Francisco 49ers unhappy with their practice field at UNLV because it is, quote, too soft. The San Francisco 49ers not happy with the lack of firmness with the practice turf at UNLV. This is something I was thinking about, though. It's almost sacrilegious that the Kansas City Chiefs get the practice facility, the pristine offerings of their rival the Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders, doesn't know where the it doesn't matter where the Raiders are, whether it's Oakland, whether it's Los Angeles, whether it's Oakland again, whether it's Vegas. They are deep-seated, hate-filled rivals, and it's the Chiefs that get the Raiders' facilities. Meanwhile, the 49ers get the college facility, and they're the ones who are unhappy with the practice surface. Here's a question: Who thought this was going to go over well? Who thought giving one team the Raiders' facility and the other? UNLVs was at any point going to go just under the radar. That's pretty typically how it goes, though. The NFL goes out, and they inspect the practice facilities. A number of different entities are bidding to be practice facilities. And then the NFL selects who the NFC practice facility is going to be and the AFC practice facility is going to be. I guess instead... Technically, this is an AFC home Super Bowl. That's why the Chiefs are at the Raiders sure. facility. But it's not like the NFL just said, uh, uh, go to UNLV. Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't work like that. I only know this, though, because it was two Super Bowls ago when uh, one team used the Dolphins facility. I believe it was the Saints, and the Colts were at the FAU 
practice fields for the Super Bowl. Okay. Uh, so the Dolphins facility has typically been uh, not yet at Miami Gardens, but the one in Davie was typically a home site for the AFC team or whoever the home team was. And then, like, uh, there was St. Thomas or FAU, uh, one of those schools uh, ended up housing a team as well. So that's how that works. It wasn't just haphazard, slap it on and say, go there. But apparently the Niners aren't happy. Storyline. Yeah, storyline, I guess. And also, let's not act like UNLV is a dump. It's definitely not. No. 75,000 square feet. There's 112-person locker right. room. I mean, it's freaking beautiful. Right. But I get the field probably doesn't match where they're going to play. But So the 49ers said they're just going to deal with it, which makes you wonder why they were openly being and moaning about it in the first place. Uh, but when we talk about storylines, and that's a storyline, the 49ers unhappy with the practice surface. Patrick Mahomes, is he going to win another ring? Storyline. Taylor Swift, is she going to get to Las Vegas in time? Storyline. Who's the better tight end, Travis Kelsey or George Kittle? Storyline. Or Stephen A. Smith on first take. What is your biggest storyline of the Super Bowl? There's no question it's Kyle Shanahan. I mean, we can look at players. We can talk about Brock Purdy. We can talk about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. We talk about all of this other stuff. It comes down to, to Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan has now taken the 49ers to three straight and four of the last five NFC title games. Do y'all understand that if Kyle Shanahan doesn't win the Super Bowl this weekend, he will join Dan Reeves, Marv Levy, Bud Grant, and Chuck Knox. That's right, doggy history coming at you right now. As the only head coaches to coach in four or more conference title games without one single playoff victory. Now, he's only 44 years of age. He's got a whole bunch of football left in front of him. Kyle Shanahan is an exceptional coach. Stephen A. Smith is not here to question the greatness of this man. He's a great offensive coordinator. He was in the past. He's been a great head coach for the San Francisco 49ers. He's accomplished a lot of things. We know he runs that organization. It's not John Lynch. John Lynch answers to him. It ain't the other way around. We know what this man brings to the right. table. We know he's a brilliant offensive play caller. Nobody's throwing any shade on him. But we have to talk about closing. One of my favorite movies. Doggy, you will appreciate this. And Biggie, I know you know your movies, alright? Remember the movie Here's Glenn Biggie. Gary, Glenn Ross with Alec Baldwin? Yes. Always yeah, be closing. Always be closing. Stephen, still you talking? have to close the deal. Oh, okay. And Kyle Shanahan has Always yet to do that. ABC. Uh, so Kyle Shanahan. That's not Stephen A. Smith No, but uh, no, he was addressing someone in the studio. Definitely Swagoo. Swagoo has to be he's, right. Yeah, I mean he's the biggest. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, context clues. Well right, done. right. Uh, so, so uh, Stephen A. Smith says Kyle Shanahan is the biggest storyline of the Super Bowl. Now we did. Throw it around the horn yesterday when discussing this, Stone. You say, you know what? Kind of agree with Stephen A. Kind of into it. Kyle Shanahan, that is the biggest, biggest, capital B, biggest storyline of the Super Bowl. You endorsed it, said, I'm with there with. I'm right there with you, Stephen A. I still believe that to a degree. I, I think the relationship between the Shanahans and the McCaffreys is uber interesting to pretty much anybody who has eyes on the Super Bowl. Don't act like there's not going to be a 15-minute special run during the first quarter, maybe halftime, about the Shanahans and McCaffreys. You're going to hear from Peggy Lee, so their wife's like, that's going to be an actual storyline. I think that's bigger than what we're going to make Brock Purdy, and you obviously kicked back on that yesterday and are going to continue to do so. I don't know how much more we can talk about a, a, a rookie or a 22-year-old kid and his chance at winning a Super Bowl. Shanahan's the reason this kid's here. This team is the reason this kid's here, but we're going to tried to give Brock his flowers, but yeah, I kind of agree with Stephen A. Smith there. I don't hate the take at all, even though it was really annoying. Uh, 
Christian Cat, Audible Assassin, C-Cat, do you agree with Stephen A. Smith that the biggest, the single biggest, the most overlying storyline of this Super Bowl in Las Vegas now five days from now is Kyle Shanahan always be closing? No, man. It's the Super Bowl. This is not for sports fans. This is not for football fans. This is for the world. And uh, you could probably poll 100 people on the street right now about who Kyle Shanahan is, and one out of the 100 might get it correct. No chance. No. Yep. Uh, That is 100% perfect. That is right on. Because Kyle Shanahan, while he is an excellent head coach, and he is now in his second Super Bowl, he has been in three, count him, three NFC Championship games. The casual NFL fan, the person who's going to be gorging themselves on Tostitos and salsa and wings and then cookies later in the night and then copious amounts of seltzer, alcoholic seltzer drinks, they don't know or they don't give a single solitary damn about Kyle Shanahan. In fact, there is a good chance that Brock Purdy, what they've been able to pick up in passing, Brock Purdy is the biggest storyline of the Super Bowl. For me, this is my sensibilities. This is Ken Levicka. This is guy who showed up late to PGA National doing this show because he needed to do emergency tire treatment on his automobile. This is me, me. There will be more discourse about Brock Purdy on Super Bowl Monday when we convene in our downtown The Square Studios win or loss, the discourse is going to be about Brock Purdy more than anybody. If he wins, stop the questions, stop the criticism, or or if he plays poorly, they won despite of him. And if they lose, oh, Brock Purdy, not a real deal. Oh, not uh, Brock Purdy, you can't pay him in three years' time. Oh, Brock Purdy, system quarterback, need to go a different direction. What do the 49ers do now? More than Patrick Mahomes, more than Travis Kelsey, more than George Kittle, more than Debo, more than anybody, Kyle Shanahan especially, Andy Reid. The conversation Monday, more than anybody, is going to center around Brock Purdy. That's why I think for those who are honed in on the game, Brock Purdy no matter what he does, is the biggest storyline of the Super Bowl. I, I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and deny like an ounce of that, not one bit of that. But you're right, Monday, right? We're talking about Super Bowl Monday. I guess that's kind of where criteria sets in because in three, four months, it won't be about Brock Purdy. It's going to be about the 44-year-old head coach who continues to make NFC Championship after NFC Championship and wins a Super Bowl, a Super Bowl, a Super Bowl. And by the time that he's 55, this guy has a chance to be one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, we'll be talking about Brock on Monday because... That's what every Joe Schmo can talk about is the average white short quarterback. Like, we're going to do those things. If I but you going love to the Kyle up, Shanahan. You love the storyline involving Kyle Shanahan. Because I think we're, we're looking at a future all-time great and the son of Mike Shanahan. Like, I think this story has a longer shelf life than Brock Purdy's does, and I think that's why it's a bigger storyline. If I'm going to align myself with somebody, let's let it be Stephen A. Smith. I mean, for, for God's sake. I just think that the Brock Purdy thing, we always make fun of recency bias and falling into those traps. Brock Purdy's nothing but recency bias. This guy won't be behind center in five seasons, so who cares? Uh, five days out. We're five days out from the Super Bowl kicking off at Allegiant Stadium. Five days out. What is the biggest, your biggest storyline of the Super Bowl? What is your biggest storyline in this Super Bowl? What do you think is the biggest storyline? Not what you're most interested in, but what do you think is the biggest storyline for this game? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Social media at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. I just think that 
I am in the right just declaring now, which would make it the biggest storyline, I can comfortably declare right now that Monday, I know the name that's going to come out of everybody's mouth more, uh, at least for those who are on the field. Like I think Taylor Swift, uh, over under how many times she's shown by CBS cameras, will Travis Kelsey propose to her, like all that stuff, (laughs) all that stuff, like that's going to become inherent. I think that if we asked... I don't know. Uh, if we asked my seven-year-old daughter, hey, uh, what's your biggest storyline for the Super Bowl? Once you go, the Super Bowl, what's that? I'd say, remember that big football game where we go to the Rowitzes and we eat a lot of food? Oh, yeah, that. So once we get past that hurdle, right. you're like, what do you think is the biggest deal out of that? Oh, Taylor Swift. She would say that. So maybe for, for a lot of casuals, and I'm not using that in a disrespectful way, the Super Bowl, like Seacat was alluding to, is certainly for casuals. The NFL is really banking on this game being for the casuals. Right. Taylor Swift is probably storyline number one. Will she make it? Will her and Travis share a passionate tongue kiss on the 50-yard line? Things along those lines. Uh, for me, football mindset right now. Sports talk radio show, top 50 market, middays, Brock Purdy. That's my biggest storyline. Success, fail, how do we judge him after the game? I think that's baked in right now as the biggest storyline of the Super Bowl. What to you is the biggest storyline going into the Super Bowl now five days out? 888-760-3776. That's 888-760-3776 and social media at KLV1063. Does that all make sense? Hell yeah, that makes sense. Because there's, I think there's different parameters based on there are. your perspective of this game. But, I mean, do you truly, and I mean truly think that Brock Purdy gets more airtime regardless of the result than Patrick Mahomes? Because I don't. If you're asking me what the storyline no, is, I disagree with Steven. I do think Shanahan's a, a, a bigger story than a lot of people are giving him credit for. But if I had to answer... This was a test. Let me. I would say it's Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs dynasty. Let I think me, that's just a cemented one. Just let me give you my theory on this, okay? Patrick Mahomes, if he loses, it'll be uh, he had his worst roster, his worst receiving core in his entire time in Kansas City. Didn't win the Super Bowl, but he showed he could win a road playoff game twice against the best opponents that uh, the AFC had to offer. He passed that test. The Chiefs owe him help in the offseason to maximize his receiving core. Pat Mahomes, not on him. If Pat Mahomes wins, what do we say? Uh, he's catching up to Tom Brady. We're already saying that. That's already been uh, coming out of our mouths here for the last couple of weeks. Me especially. Me saying, hey, hey, he doesn't need to check any more boxes to me. He's the face of the NFL. He's the guy. Uh, There's no discussion. There's one Mahomes and then a wide gap to two, three, four, five, six, if you're talking about ranking quarterbacks, right? With Brock Purdy, there's a whole lot more gray area there. With Mahomes, it'll be us regurgitating things that we've already been saying about him this season because they've had a lot of valleys before they got to these peaks, the Chiefs. So now Brock Purdy, he's living in a gray area where he had a consistent football team. He, over the last month, last six weeks, has been anything but stellar. Here they are chugging into Vegas. What do we make of him, win or lose? That's why I think it's a bigger storyline because I think there's more meat on the discussion bone there. Yeah, uh, it's a really good theory. Actually, I think it holds a lot of weight because they're, I mean, both, to be honest with you, are pretty exhausted uh, as far as the takes you have on Brock Purdy and Patrick Mahomes. I'm surprisingly coherent for someone that 40 minutes ago was laying on concrete in Boynton Beach. Dude, absolutely. Yeah, man. Absolutely. And I also think another layer to this as far as storylines, and you may roll your eyes at this, but I do think it comes up probably more prevalent 
than ever, or a bigger tidal wave than we've seen before, and that's gambling. I think okay. we're going to see these companies take it to just a bigger level, whether it's DraftKings, FanDuel, Hard Rock, all of these, the promos, the boosts. But we're going to see the, record amounts of money bet. Right. So I think that's going to end up becoming a storyline because there will be record amounts of money bet. There will be record amount of bets placed, all of those kinds of things, and what they are providing to the people for free and some of the yardage props. All of these things, I think, is it's going to take over some of the take stories. Take the three – take the three – I guess props, the three props you're most interested in that you would be most likely to put money down on for Sunday and let us know them, please. Absolutely. Okay? Uh, what is your biggest? Your Is one of them going to be a Taylor Swift prop? No, it's Should not. we go through the Taylor Swift prop? Sure. Should. All right, here. I'll open it up to the public. What is your biggest storyline five days out going into the Super Bowl? And do you want us to go through the Taylor Swift prop bets? Oh, 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Social media at KLV1063. 888-760-3776. Your biggest storyline going to the Super Bowl now that we are a stone's throw away from that game getting going. And after today, uh, you and I are only on one more time this week. And so we need to make sure that we're putting this in. I'm trying to be sensitive to those that think that there's just too much Taylor Swift stuff. So I'm going to put it up to you if Stone and I should go through the Taylor Swift prop bets. If you think no, tell us. If you think yes, okay, we'll do it. Majority's going to rule here, so you better call in at 888-760-3776 or message us at KLV1063 on social media. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Again, social media at KLV1063. What is your biggest storyline for this Super Bowl? We are now well into Super Bowl week with storylines. What is your biggest storyline five days out? 888-760-3776. Are you experiencing foot and ankle pain? Need to see an expert in the field? Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading-edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle, joint replacement spine and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. Later in the show, Stone's going to bring you his three favorite Super Bowl prop bets, and by that I mean the ones that he feels like he might put some money down on, because I don't think he should bring it up unless he's thinking about putting money down on it. It'll give you a little solace in, uh, if you're going to scout it out uh, with Stone. What's your biggest Super Bowl storyline, and should we go through the Taylor Swift prop bets? Are you sick and tired of Taylor Swift, or do you say, come on, Ken, keep on chugging? <laughs> Tortured Poets Society Club? Keep on chugging with the Taylor Swift, yeah. Ken. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Stone and I hanging out at Cognizant Classic in the Palm Beaches. Media Day, PGA National on a Tuesday. That's Stone. I'm Ken. This is LaVica, Theo, and Stone, ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's LaVica, Theo, and Stone on ESPN 106.3. Hey, something happened in Friday that's going to be awesome here on ESPN 106.3. Six straight hours, local programming, previewing the Super Bowl. Josh Cohen, Christian Cat, C-Cat, 
Maybe some surprises along the way, getting you ready for the Chiefs and 49ers on Sunday evening from Vegas. It is Super Friday on ESPN 106.3, noon to 6 here on ESPN 106.3. Take some time out of your damn day and give it a listen, won't you? It's not like you're going to be doing anything else on Friday. All you people are going to be checked out anyways. Right? Right on. Also, 12 to 6, is a, that's a marathon. That's a, what they call the business, a hefty load. I don't know. I oh, I thought up. you were going to give an actual name no, for it. No, no, I absolutely just made that up. Getting ready to write it down, it's like a note. But yeah. Hefty load, I'll uh, not write down. Seacat, uh, uh, yeah. how are you conditioning and preparing for your six hours uh, straight? You've been in the gym? Friday. This is child's play for me, man. Wow. Back to the college days, I had the graveyard shift on our uh, 24 hour marathon. Ooh. 12 p.m. to 8 a.m. Or 12. Twelve a.m. to eight a.m. had the graveyard sh- shift for the Lion ninety point seven FM. I'm used to that. Graveyard what? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you're used to this. You're totally fine. Uh, what is the top Super Bowl storyline? What is the top Super Bowl storyline? We are closing in on kickoff in Vegas. Uh, what is the top Super Bowl storyline? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Social media at KLV1063. Uh, Mike messages when it's over. The Jets get a draft pick. Fair enough. Let's go, baby. Uh, Joe says, first Taylor Swift, and then Pat Mahomes just continuing to do what he does. Like Again, is Patrick Mahomes really the top storyline of this Super Bowl? Because it I don't even think he's the top quarterback storyline of this Super Bowl. He lives in a lot less critical nest than Brock Purdy does. The quarterback with the questions is the one that's going to be wearing gold pants on, uh, on Sunday evening. I thought they were wearing white. Are they? I think so. See, Kat, can we get some, uh, some confirmation? We get some, uh, I just kind of assumed gold pants there. But No, I guess they're the visitors. You're right. You're talking about somebody who is... is gold helmet. <laughs> boom. Thank you. You're talking about somebody who is rivaling, rivaling Tom Brady now. And, and using the same breath, like this is the Tom Brady lost Super Bowls. I'm just saying, like we're, we we want to have conversations. The, the 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 guys who want to talk ball want to have conversations about Patty and Tom Brady, baby, the tried and true. What are we going to talk about with Brock Purdy that we haven't already talked about? I know you use that argument for Patrick Mahomes. I think it's kind of interchangeable for both of these guys. But in one hand, you have Patrick Mahomes. Is he chasing the goat? Does he have the potential to be the greatest of all time? Like those are have a longer lifespan than I think what. Brock Purdy's are in a sense of, oh, yep, can't do it. They need to look somewhere else. Uh, Sam Sauce messages in, can Brock Purdy prove his doubters wrong once again? Uh, when did he prove them wrong previously? <laughs> Getting to the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. 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 In his uh, first years of, uh, first full years of starter. Maddox says, I can imagine the media will say Taylor's boyfriend's team goes against the 49ers or for the Swifties. What will Taylor wear? That's why I'm watching the Nickelodeon. Super Bowl. Oh, that's right. Wow. Nickelodeon version of the Super Bowl this year is with that a, Noah Eagle. Is that a way for, for these very masculine men that are NFL fans to boycott the Super Bowl? Just go watch Nickelodeon? You don't think Nickelodeon's going to bring up Taylor Swift incessantly? You may be right. Yeah. That's not a way to escape it. That's a way to immerse yourself in it. You might be right. Yeah. So, so we need to let him know. 
My daughters, by the way, huge fans of the Nickelodeon broadcast. They really? They give it like 10, 15 minutes during the London game. But that's they more did. than they would give the regular broadcast. No doubt, unless it was the Dolphins. No doubt. No doubt. I, I'm not going to be, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I might give the Nickelodeon broadcast a little pop. Okay. Because it's good. It's, it's, it's objectively good. What is your top Super Bowl storyline as we close in on the game? Stone's top three prop bet locks as we get towards 2 o'clock here on LaVica, Theo, and Stone. And because it's Tuesday, we grade stuff. That's right. We're bringing the show on the road. LaVica, Theo, and Stone grade stuff. No Theo today. Christian Cat instead. We're a PGA National Cognizant Classic in the Palm Beaches. Media Day Hour 2 is on the way. Wait for it. That's Stone. I'm Ken. LaVica, Theo, and Stone, ESPN 106.3.